Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 5th of July. Up to a dozen NRL players have been fined by police after a major breach of COVID restrictions that has the potential to throw the entire competition into doubt. The players from St George Illawarra Dragons are now under investigation by the NRL Integrity Unit after attending the party at Prop Paul Vaughan's home on Saturday night, which was in breach of current COVID lockdown rules. Here's NRL CEO Andrew Abdo on Fox Sports. I'm disappointed. Uh, To be honest, I'm I'm gutted. Uh, We're all working really hard to keep the game going. Uh, We expect more from the players. But this is an ongoing investigation. We'll get all the facts Um, We'll make sure that those facts are substantiated and then we'll, uh, we'll take the action following that. And we'll have more details on this story coming up shortly in sport. Meantime, as states and territories around Australia come out of lockdown, residents across the Greater Sydney region are waiting to hear if its two-week lockdown will end on Friday night as planned. But there was some good news yesterday with 16 new COVID cases recorded across New South Wales and just three of those infectious in the community. Health authorities say it's still too early to say when restrictions in New South Wales will lift, warning numbers could surge in the coming days. Here is Premier Gladys Berejiklian. So we are seeing numbers go the right way, but I do say cautiously that that could still bounce around. And we've seen in the last few days how easy it is for people uh, to unintentionally do the wrong thing or intentionally do the wrong thing, and that can result in more cases, which is something we don't want to see. While epidemiologist Professor Mary Louise McClaws has told the project Sydney needs to achieve three things before it's clear the virus is behind them. Better trending down, a fewer proportion of cases that have been out in the community uh, before they've been tested positive, um, and, uh, and of course a better geographic uh, control. Meantime, the list of exposure sites continues to grow. A new health alert has been reissued for passengers on a Virgin flight from the Gold Coast to Sydney. It's believed a number of passengers have tested positive to COVID from flight VA524 on the 26th of June. And anyone who travelled on that plane is being urged to get tested immediately and isolate. The vaccine rollout into Australia's aged care sector is back in the spotlight after three Sydney residents tested positive to COVID-19. The nursing home is now in full lockdown after at least two staff members worked at the facility while unknowingly infectious. The manager at Summit Care has confirmed two-thirds of staff members at its Borkham Hills home in the city's northwest remain unvaccinated. Deputy Chief Medical Officer Professor Michael Kidd says the outbreak is being taken very seriously. The facility is in full lockdown and additional workforce supports have been activated and testing of all residents and staff has also been activated. The three infected patients who are aged in their 80s and 90s are all vaccinated, with two taken to hospital as a precaution. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in Queensland and a purpose-built quarantine facility is a step closer. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk calling the 1,000-room facility, which would be built next to Brisbane Airport, a game-changer. The state has also been pushing for one to be built near Toowoomba in a bid to reduce hotel COVID leaks in capital cities. Our reporter, David Shiraz, has the details from Brisbane. 
Good morning, Tash. Well, it's not a quick fix, but it is a permanent solution to this hotel quarantine leak issue. The state government pushing for about 800 people to stay at the converted army barracks per fortnight. Now, that's enough to fill two Commonwealth charter flights home a week. Under the proposal, the federal government will pay for the site if the state government builds and runs it. It follows a successful push by multiple states to reduce the number of international arrivals into the country, with the arrival cap halved by National Cabinet. And to Victoria, and we could be getting closer to knowing if this year's Formula One Grand Prix will go ahead in Melbourne as planned in mid-November after being called off at the last minute in 2020. This is because it takes at least nine weeks to set the Albert Park circuit up and to ship a lot of the equipment required in from overseas. So a decision would be needed no later than early September. Our Melbourne reporter, James Royce, has the details. Yeah, one of the potential headaches, Tash, is the impending cut to the number of international flights we're accepting from mid-July, which would have a massive impact on the ability for those linked to the event to actually get into Australia if they don't receive exemptions. At this stage, we think they would, as has been done for the tennis, for example. Another issue is the inability for the drivers and their crews to quarantine for 14 days because it starts 11 days after the Brazilian Grand Prix wraps up. If it does go ahead, though, a number of options are on the table to make sure it stays COVID-safe. They include ensuring all teams are vaccinated, they all operate in a bubble, and they all agree to regular COVID tests. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning. We're joined by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now, business is not happy with the PM's plan to reopen the economy and they want it to happen ASAP. That's right, Tash. The Australian Industry Group boss, Innes Willocks, says state governments need to abide by the plan and open up when the new vaccine thresholds are met. He said business have had enough of lockdowns and the thought of more lockdowns this winter terrifies people. But so does a clot from a vaccine and that's why Pfizer is needed ASAP. Certainly is. And the stock market, good news on that front, Peter, up 24% last financial year. And there's a big test for share prices this week. That's right. A 24% rise was the best in 30 years. And recently, stock prices have ignored lockdowns. But if the Reserve Bank says it's going to reduce its bond buying on Tuesday, then market positivity could turn negative. We will find out at 2.30pm when the RBA gives its latest decision on interest rates. And what do you think the outlook looks like for interest rates, Peter? The Reserve Bank will hold, I think, all this year and next, but sometime next year, towards the end of 2022, we could see some rate rises. And company regulator ASIC has revealed its case against the insider traders who turned Newick shares into an $18 million payday. That's right. This is Australia's biggest insider trading case with ASIC saying the CFO of Newark, Stephen Doyle, aided by his brother and father, illegally sold shares before a bad news report smashed the stock price. It's alleged the Doyles made $18 million before shareholders sought $3 billion wiped off the value of the company. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The NRL is vowing to come down very hard on a group of players accused of a major breach of COVID protocols. Yes, good morning, Tash. An absolute brain fade. Don't know what they were thinking. Paul Vaughan, the Dragons prop, reportedly had 11 teammates to his house to celebrate the win over the Warriors on Saturday night. Now, 
at the moment, they're under level four COVID protocols, which uh, are the strictest protocols that the NRL has going back to uh, last year. We remember it means, of course, that having visitors at your house is a big no-no. We remember all the trouble that Nathan Cleary got into for that infamous TikTok video. Well, this is a step further. NRL chief uh, Andrew Abdo telling Fox Sports it puts the entire season at risk. Oh, it's incredibly disappointing. There are a lot of people working around the clock to keep the competition going. 800, 900 players and officials in the bubble being incredibly disciplined. This has come at the worst possible time for us. On the field, the Bunnies hit outright third, beat the very disappointing Tigers yesterday. The Broncos got their fourth win of the season over the Sharks. And Brett, to the AFL now, the round 17 fixture is still up in the air as the league assesses the COVID situation around the country. Yes, the only match locked in so far, the power hosted Demons. It's a top four blockbuster on Thursday night at uh, the Adelaide Oval. Other teams have reportedly been tipped off about their potential time slots. Hopefully we'll find out this today. The Bombers and Crows could face off on Friday night at Marvel Stadium. The Lions, they will fly home tomorrow uh, with lockdown ending in Queensland, meaning they're in line to host the Saints. The Cats believe they'll face the Blues at the G on Saturday. Dogs coach Luke Beveridge says he's got no idea when they could take on the informed Swans. That's the, the challenging thing for the the AFL and the competition is to, to make those um, decisions sort of on the run. And this one's probably as late as it's been, I, I think. The Dogs had a 29-point win over the Kangaroos yesterday. They are sitting pretty in top spot. The Saints are within two points of the top eight. They just got home over the fast-finishing Magpies by nine points. And Aussie Cycling has a new star. We love this story, Brett, after a stunning win at the Tour de France. Yes, his name is Ben O'Connor. He's 25 years of age from WA. Winning stage a nine last night in stunning fashion. It was a mountaintop finish. Now, importantly, he is right in contention for the yellow jersey. That, of course, the general classification is what they all want to win. Cadell Evans doing so, the first Australian back in 2011. He is now second overall after last night. A dream has been realised. Brilliant Ben, an ovation for O'Connor. On SBS there, Ben O'Connor, certainly a name we're going to be hearing a lot about in the years to come, Tash. Yeah, love brilliant Ben. Well said. Thanks so much, Brett. We'll see you soon. And how's this for an expensive drop of wine? Records are expected to be broken when a rare bottle of the first 1951 vintage of Penfolds Grange, signed by winemaker Max Schubert, goes to auction today. Bids are set to open this morning and will be live online for the next two weeks, with some experts tipping the bottle to sell for around $120,000. Sounds beautiful. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.